You are now listening to Out of the Blank. 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 Welcome to another episode of Out of the Blank Podcast. I'm here with Martin Curtis. I'm doing all right, man. Why don't you tell me a little bit about yourself, Martin, and what do you do professionally? So, um, my name is Martin Curtis, obviously, uh, 48. I live in Dorset on the south coast of England. Um, I'm a qualified mountain leader, and I run my own guiding business on the Jurassic Coast World Heritage Sites. So essentially, that's taking people out for guided walks and tours along the whole of the Jurassic Coastline. Now, how popular is it of an attraction? I feel like everybody has a love for dinosaurs. It's getting very, very popular. Tourism is definitely on the up uh, on this particular coastline. How do you typically take somebody on a guided tour? Like, are you just going? Do you have a obviously a trail that you go on? But do you ever come across anything out of the ordinary? No, not really. We we have the Southwest Coastal Path, which goes along the full length of the Jurassic Coast. Um, people generally contact me via email. They find me online, um, tell me they're coming down to the Jurassic Coast for a holiday, and they said, tell me they'd like to see a bit of the area, maybe find some fossils. Um, and then I, I talk to them via email, and then we provide a bit of a walk or a tour, or I take them out on a fossil walk. Now, when we take them out on a fossil walk, or is it a large group that's going with you, or is it just a small private party? Um, I do private tours and I do group tours. And our group tours are no bigger than 15 people because, you know, I like to keep the tour nice and personal. Um, I'd like to, you know, give people as much one-to-one as possible. And above 15, it's a bit too big to manage. Yeah, you got to keep track of all those ducks. Got to keep them in a line. Yeah, definitely. So when you're going on a fossil walk, though, that sounds, I mean, it sounds so interesting, but it sounds very dangerous as well. It can be dangerous. Unfortunately, to find fossils, we have to go along the beach to a few dangerous locations where we get cliff falls and mudslides. Um, essentially, on the Jurassic Coast, all of the fossils are coming from the cliffs. So all of the cliffs along this coastline are generally in the area where I run fossil walks used to be a seabed in the Jurassic period. Um, so we rely on the natural erosion that takes place on the Jurassic Coast. We get the cliff falls, we get the mud flows that come down onto the beach. Um, the sea hits that material, breaks it up, clears the clay away and deposits the fossils on the beach for us. So essentially, we have to go down onto the beach and hunt in front of those locations where the cliffs are falling and the mudslides are coming down onto the beach. I feel like trying to keep a bunch of people on a line or trying to keep them all safe probably gets difficult. If anything, any of my field trips taught my teachers that you could not leave me alone or you had to have me on a leash. I mean, I was going off onto so many different things, you couldn't even be able to catch me. Yeah, so, well, well I... I Obviously, I'm there to keep an eye on people and keep it as safe as possible for them. So um, my fossil walks normally last for around three hours, and I start with an hour-long training session. And during that training session, uh, we cover health and safety on the beach. So I pretty make them aware of the dangers that we may come across while we're down onto the beach. And then when I take them down, um, I spend the second half of the walk. I monitor the cliffs and the mudslides while I'm down on the beach. So I'm essentially looking after them while they then can relax and look for fossils on the foreshore. How often do you get someone like, what's your worst experience with just a customer in general? Someone that probably wasn't listening, I'm guessing probably, you know, in their 20s, adolescent or something. Uh, To be honest, I don't have too much trouble because I cover it so well in my safety talk, um, really make people aware of the risks down on the beach. And I think when they understand what's going on down there, they're sensible. Obviously, they've hired me as their guide. 
I'm there to look after them and they respect any decisions that I make while on the beach. Um, we only take the people down for the fossil walks as the tide is leaving the foreshore. Um, so essentially the beach is getting wider and wider and as it's getting wider, the beach is getting safer to hunt for fossils on. Yeah, and more stuff comes up kind of for you to be able to see too when that water goes out. Yeah, exactly. The, the, the sea is coming uh, during high tide. It's covered the whole of the foreshore and it turns that foreshore over like a washing machine. And daily it deposits fresh fossils on the surface. So we just walk along the beach and we try to find them. How often do you come across a fossil? We generally find fossils on every walk. There's so much material coming out of the cliffs at that location. And that particular period in the Jurassic period, uh, the seas uh, were full of marine life. So um, it's just an ongoing, constant process. The cliffs are always falling. The sea's always coming in and turning the beach over. And it's always generally depositing fossils on the foreshore. Um, fossil hunting is getting very, very busy at the moment. Very, um, It's quite a hip thing to be doing here in England. So there's a lot of people on the beach fossil hunting. So that's the only thing that's really making it harder. It's also becoming uh, pretty popular only because of the amount of stuff we're being able to find now, only with where technology is going, but also kind of how the climate seems to be shifting. I know a lot of um, some paleontologists that work out in like Chile and uh, they talk about the glaciers, how they're slowly melting is causing more fossils to be revealed. I mean, same thing with kind of our coast as well. We're seeing a lot of different shifts in rock platings and um, kind of a little bit what we call seismic activity that's happening, which is bringing loose a lot of these fossils, making it pretty, pretty common now that people find across something. I mean, I don't know for how many years there was just people going out with metal detectors and you wouldn't find shit. Yeah, I mean, we, we, we've got obviously the, the natural erosion going on along the Jurassic Coast and that's, you know, that's been ongoing forever. And without that natural erosion, on the Jurassic Coast wouldn't look as nice as it does. Um, we, we have been experiencing a lot more rain during the winter months in the UK. And that's having quite an effect on the amount of mudflows that are now coming onto the beach because basically the more rain we get, it softens up. Uh, down at the cliffs, down at Charmer for our run my fossil walks, we, we, we've got these ledges within the cliffs and the top of the cliff full material comes down onto those ledges, sits on top of there and then the rain falls on top of that material and it softens it up and then it starts to flow down onto the beach. So the more rain we have, the more mud flows we get down on the beach and consequently we hope that it's bringing down more fossils. Probably with that amount of um, just things happening environmentally, um, you probably have to go over in your speech a, a few more times just on the fact that you have to prioritize like, hey, this is now becoming more of a common thing just with our weather. Yeah. Do you yeah, find, I mean, but, well, yeah, do, you, do you find that like, how did you even get started into fossil hunting? Well, I've been fossil hunting on and off since I was three. Um, um, I was born in the area. Mum and dad used to take us down to couple of the local beaches when I was young and just to keep us amused we'd go down on the beach and we'd hunt for fossils um, but now I'm actually doing it as a business obviously I'm getting more and more involved in it um, it's, it's my hobby I do it uh, I collect fossils for my own collection um, you know it's, it's not not a major thing that I do but I've, I enjoy it I've been collecting them on and off for a few years um, and now I actually get to do it as a job I'm spending a lot more time on the beach so consequently I'm able to find a lot more fossils where did the passion for fossils coming like come from? I used to, I live in a beach town, so when I was a kid, I, what I used to do is I used to walk the beach and uh, look in between rocks and find things like sea glass or conches or different types of shells. There was always a fascination um, with it, just because I think it's a lot of having to do with a shiny object in the first place. But 
I mean, when you're hunting fossils or you're now doing it as a guided tour, I mean, this is obviously a passion. So where did this start to arise? Was it at an early age, even with hunting fossils, like you were saying, did it, did you just realize that like you can, it, this is just an opportunity people are missing out on? Uh, it's, it's a great thing to do. I mean, you know, I've got real fond memories as a child being out with my parents on the beach looking for fossils. And I think, you know, I'm a father now, I have two daughters and I, I'm trying to relive my childhood a little bit and being able to just go out and do fossil hunting is bringing that back. Um, it, it's a nice free activity. You just got to go down on the beach, pay for the car park and you can spend all day out on the beach looking for fossils. And when you come across something really, really good on the beach, you, you, you kind of connect with this creature that, you know, it died millions and millions of years ago. The, the particular fossils on the beach where I hunt, they're around 195 million years old. And, you know, you find a fossil on the beach, you pick up and you instantly connect with that creature and think about the journey it's been on to get onto the foreshore for you to walk along one day and find it. And it, it's just an amazing feel, feeling. And the better the fossil you find, the more of a buzz you get from finding it. Causing you to kind of look up your own knowledge on it in general when you find something. Yeah, yeah. I mean, every day on that beach is a, is a school day. You know, I'm, I'm not a paleontologist. I'm not a geologist. I'm just an enthusiastic fossil collector. I, I love what I do. I'm, I'm very lucky that I get to do it as a job. And I've been able to turn my hobby into a bit of a passion and a job for me. Um, you know, I can't think of a better place to be working. Well, there's something like a, an aesthetic look to fossils. Like, I don't know if this is for everybody, but like, I guess I can kind of relate to you in this way, like just looking at a fossil and having it around, not only does it make you seem like you're a, a lot smarter than I guess you really are, but like the whole fact is they're just beautiful to stare at. I mean, they're literally like crafted out, like they're bones of, they're bones of p passed away creatures. But the fact is when you look at it, it looks like something that could be manufactured by a person and it's like, but it's natural art. Yeah, no, I mean, uh, uh, you know, I post pictures uh, when I find some good fossils on my social media and every now and again I get a little message pop up and someone says, oh, that's not real, that looks too good. But everything I post is something that I've found on the beach while I've had, been out doing a fossil walk. Yeah, they're, they're just, the preservation of some of the fossils at that particular location is really, really good. And, and this is why it's such a popular place to collect fossils because they're so well you know, they're so, so symmetrical, the colors are fantastic, the minerals they're formed from are amazing. Um, it's just a great place to collect fossils. How do you come across one of these things? Like, do you have a it's type of checklist or a type of routine that you do where you can easily spot, like a subtle tell or something? I feel like, you know, what made it really easy when I was collecting shells as a kid was if you were right on where the water would crash, there would be a good amount of, you know, common seashells or something but the rarer ones were the ones that were stuck between the rocks that got caught when the tide um came out or came in and then it eventually receded back down and then you saw that where this water was before there's a bunch of these shells that were trapped yeah uh, well, this this sort of a basic system which you can use to find fossils and you can pretty much use it anywhere in the world i should think so if i was to say to you um in your mind think of a fossil and then I want you to tell me the shape of that fossil that you're thinking about. What would that shape be? Probably more like a, like a, like a swirly thing, like kind of like if you're looking at the downwards at like a, I guess, a vortex. So when you think of a fossil, you see a sort of spiral or a swirl shape in your mind. Yeah. What's the name of that creature? Shit, I have no clue. I could, I could, <laughs> I could toss out a name, but it would be something from like Pokemon or something. Have a go. Uh, sp I did you uh 
Just you know the name of that fossil? Spinosaurus. I'm going to say Spinosaurus. Not a Spinosaurus. So it's an ammonite. Oh, okay. So, yeah, so the, the ammonite, the reason you have that shape imprinted in your mind is because when you first looked in that ammonite, the first thing in your mind you thought, now that's a nice spiral shape. So that shape just instantly imprints in your mind. And that's how you find them on the beach. So you're essentially trying to understand with fossils. Fossils give you a little bit of information to help you find them on the beach. So essentially you're understanding their shape their color and their texture. So you already in your mind, you have the spiral or the swirl shape imprinted in your mind and that will actually help you find them on the beach. Because as you're walking along the beach, your eyes are searching through the sands and the gravels and the pebbles on the foreshore. And in your mind, you should be thinking swirl shape, swirl shape. If you think it, then your mind gets focused, you clear your mind and you will see any kind of swirl shapes on the foreshore. And that's when you pick it up and that's when you discover a fossil. Kind of relating to maybe it not being as, I guess, major or kind of shown off as the original spiral shape that everybody thinks about like oh it's going to be like that no it's just the subtle tells of it as well like being able to be like that's a that's a weird indentation into that rock where that actually might be something then you go over and find out it's a fossil yeah well well, essentially with fossil hunting you're looking for any sort of unusual shape color and texture on the foreshore we you know we've all walked down along a beach at some point and we know the the shape and the kind of colors of rocks and stones you know the shapes colors and textures of sands and gravels and essentially as long as you're looking for anything unusual outside of those normal things that you would expect to see on the foreshore then you should pick up and have a look at it because it could potentially be a fossil and the key with fossil hunting is you know and this is why it's good for everybody to go and have a go at fossil hunting is that you know you could walk down on the beach at Charmouth tomorrow never been there in your life you could walk along the foreshore and you could spot something on the beach and because you know to look for an unusual shape color or texture you've picked it up now you're going to look at that fossil and you may have found something that no one else has ever seen before you won't know the shape you won't know the color we won't know the texture but you picked up and you found it because you knew you had to look for unusual shape color and texture does that make sense yeah well, and, and, that, and that's how you find fossils. How often do you come across um, a fossil where you have to go back and do your own research and maybe look it up? Like, do you still come across anything new? Like, you've been doing it for a while, so it seems like you've probably discovered most of the stuff. Um, yeah, there's always new stuff. You, you know, I, I, I'm not as experienced as some other people that are down on the beach. You know, there's people been collecting on uh, that particular beach for over 40 years. I mean, their knowledge is just astounding. But this is why fossil hunting is so much fun because it's, it's such a good subject to learn and you can go and start fossil hunting you don't need to know a thing about fossil hunting as long as you've had a little bit of training you can start finding them you can find a nice treasure on the beach take it back you know look online find some information out about it learn about the creature learn about how it was made and how that you know how the fossil was formed and it, it, it's just every day is an interesting day you're never bored on that beach looking for fossils and saying as you get better with the way you look and the way you understand how to look you just start to find better fossils so it just gets better and better and it just it's hard to explain but when you find that really really nice fossil you just it's just a massive buzz in your mind and it's like whoa look at that i found it and that's when you really connect with that fossil yeah it's like imprints kind of uh i guess a passion or more of a drive to go look for more and makes it a little bit easier too you start develop more hands-on training you'll be easier at finding more fossils the more you collect yeah and and that's where i come in working as a guide on the coast so obviously it's my job you know if you visited the jurassic coast and you're only there for one day um you want to see as much of that coastline as possible and you want to be able to go there and find the treasures you know fossil hunting can be hard because you can't always find nice easy fossils every day of the week 
So by going on a fossil walk, you know, you get a little bit of basic training. I take you straight down onto the beach to your best location. I assist you straight away. So you're physically within about an hour on the beach, you're starting to find fossils. You know, obviously if you turn up to a location, you've never fossil hunted before, never been there, you don't know what they are. You're going to struggle on the beach a little bit. And that's where I like to play my role as a guide and assistant. And I get a lot of pleasure showing people the ropes, getting them started and then, you know, wish them luck on their journey afterwards. It's also got to be a big patience factor too. It seems like, you know, a lot of people want immediate results or they want that immediate purchase or something like how many times you go to the store, you get something, it goes right into your hand, you know, depending on if you're ordering online, people are like, I'd rather just go there and grab it. Like, so I have it now. Does that get difficult to play when you're looking for fossils? It seems like a lot of people would just get impatient. Um, it, it can be a little bit difficult, obviously, with the uh, growth of social media and, you know, especially Instagram. Now, everyone's seeing all of these fossil collectors that work here on the Jurassic Coast or, or collect as a hobby. Everyone's putting up some really nice big posh pictures of these big, love, lovely big fossils that they found. Um, and, it, and people can see that as like, well, people are finding this sort of stuff every day of the week. And it's just not like that. Um, you know, some of the photos that they're putting on Instagram and stuff that they found years ago and they're in their collection. They're just going through their collection daily and say, here's a fossil I found, here's a fossil I found. You know, and I have had a couple of people, you know, come on a walk and they go, you know, I want to find this. Can I find that? And will I be able to do this? And I, you know, I won't run my fossil walks on a lie. You know, this is how it is. It can be hard to find fossils, but I will do my best to help you find some while you're here. And that's all I can do. Um, I would never sell myself or sell fossil hunting as a hobby where you can just, you know, come off the beach with a loaded bag because it's not always like that. Yeah, especially when you're fossil hunting or you're doing anything that is kind of more of an artisan craft or a kind of a, a rare hobby, you got to have patience because it's like, it's just, you know, it's all about, sometimes it's a little bit about luck. Sometimes it's just about maybe the day. There's so many factors that come into play. You know, yeah, it's definitely. not, it's not like fueling up your car. You know, you know, if you pay this amount of money, you're going to get that out of it. You know, it's not a purchase. This is something like people are going on the experience. Like they're trying to look for you for guidance and stuff. And you just got to tell them like, Hey, I can't promise that you're going to find anything, but I will, you know, I'll make sure I try my best to help you out to the point where you can find something. And yeah. it, especially like if it's your first time at first impressions are everything like people that are going to get into fossil hunting, if the trip's not fun and they don't find anything, they're probably not going to do it again. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't, you know, I, I try and make my walks as fun as possible. We have some laughs and jokes along the way. And, um, you know, say generally there's enough material about, so they find something, um, and as long as they walk away with something in their pockets, they're, they're, they're very happy. You know, you can, there's plenty of local fossil shops. You can go and spend 20, 30 pound on an average size fossil and take it home, but it doesn't mean anything. It's finding that fossil on the beach that makes that experience special. Um, it doesn't matter how big it is or what it is. It's the fact that you found it and you found it on your own. I bet that probably your first fossil you've ever found probably means more to you than any one that you probably can, can find that would be worth millions. It just means more sentimental value to you only because that was your very first one. Yeah, definitely. It's about, you know, I run my fossil walks. I want to build memories for people on the coast. I want them to have a good day. Fossil hunting is good for the whole family. So I very often get, you know, the, the full family, nan and granddad, mum and dad, the children, you know, brothers and sisters, they all turn up and they all go out for a whole day on the beach together. And I help them have a good day. And, and that's very satisfying from my side. Would you consider this like you're, you want to turn this into more of a, a hobby for people? You want people to see that there's this resource that they have, this opportunity that they can seize if they choose to, and really take them away from kind of the 
I guess the more dumbed down ways we're doing it now where we're just all sitting and watching TV, I feel like this is a way better experience. Yeah, definitely. Uh, you get on the beach, you know, with Fossil Hunter because you're, you know, you're focusing on finding the items on the beach. You clear your mind. So, you know, got any problems in life, just get out on the beach and look for fossils because you're, you're so focused for that. You forget about everything else. Um, and it's just a relax, you know, what can be better than walking up and down the beach on a glorious sunny day looking for fossils as well. So not only do you, you get out, you're keeping fit, you're keeping healthy. You know, if you're lucky, you're going to get to find a real nice treasure as well and take it home with you. Um, I, I, you know, as regards to an experience, it's got to be right up there. What's one of your most memorable experiences, whether it was the trip, whether it was a fossil adventure, whether it was just maybe something personal that you did? As regards to working as a guide or, or just personally? Pers I, let's say personally, just looking for fossils. Um, I, I have, because I, 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 I run my fossil walks down at Charmouth, which is it's about a 40 minute drive from where I live. But I, I personally go and hunt in a few other locations a bit more local to, to my house. Um, and I, I sort of use it as my escape. I, I have a very busy life. Um, I have two children, I'm trying to run the business, uh, I'm trying to renovate a house at the moment. You know what it's like, sometimes you just need an escape for a couple of hours. So I nip down to the cave, sometimes I do it uh, at night time in the dark because that's, that's the only time I can get the time spare for me to actually go out and do my own fossil hunting and I just escape to the coast, spend some time on the beach and all of those, you know, whether I come away with a fossil or not, those sort of times are special. Um, I love the coastline, that's where I spent my childhood and it's so nice to be able to you know, go back there and relive that childhood and, and refuel those memories with my parents. Would you say that it brings a sense of nostalgia to you? I think that's a lot of why people pick up something that they started when they were kids, uh, when they get older, because of that nostalgia feel. It takes them back to a place that makes them kind of calm and serene. And just so happens that your calm and serene is looking for fossils on the beach where someone else would be like doing yoga or something. You're doing something that's a, a little bit more interesting for sure. Yeah, no, definitely. That's definitely how I feel when I'm there. Um, and you know, every now and again, if 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 I've had a period where I've not where I've not been able to get and do that on my own, I tend to yearn for it a little bit, you know. And I I feel like I've got to get there. I need to find some time to get down there for a couple of hours, regardless of whether or not I'm going to find fossils. Just just my escape, and, and that's where I need to be. Um, yeah, I think everybody needs that in their life. It, it does you a lot of good. Um, the more you can do it, the better. Now, what's one of your worst experiences that you've ever had, either as a guide or just personal on a fossil hunting trip? Um, generally, working as a guide, because um, not only do I do um, fossil walks, I also run guided walks and tours along the Jurassic Coast. So uh, the Jurassic Coast is almost 100 miles long, and I cover the whole area. So um, sometimes uh, I do corporate walking events, charity walks, um, Jurassic Coast tours where we drive along in a minibus and I take clients to different locations. Again, trying to get them out on the coast as much as possible for this short time that they're here. Um, sometimes running big groups and big corporate groups can be a little bit challenging because there's a lot of pressure to deliver. Um, you know, big company names coming down and wanting everything to run perfect. And I'm the man responsible for that. So it can put a lot of pressure on me. Yeah, I definitely think pressure is uh, 
is a, a thing you can't really have pressure on, especially when you're trying to stay focused. But, you know, like what I'm saying, people call, want immediate results. If the owner of a company is coming down, they want to see results. They want, they want to see a fossil get pulled out, which puts even more pressure on you to look for those things. I feel like if you have too much going on in your head, you can't get out of your own head. It makes it difficult for you to be able to come across something, especially if you try and force it. Yeah, you've got to be relaxed with that sort of thing. Uh, the more relaxed you're in. And with a fossil hunting, you know, nine times out of ten, you find your best fossil when you're least expecting to find it. Sometimes you can go on that beach, you can focus too hard, and then you don't see anything. Because um, it's all about training your eyes. And that's why, you know, with the training, we train your eyes with the shapes, colours, and textures. I show fossil examples on the walks. Um, so you can get your eyes focused. Now, keep it nice and simple. Know exactly what to look for on the beach so you're not trying too hard. And I always say to people as we walk down on the beach, look, the best way to go fossil hunting, think of this as a nice walk along the beach. If you find anything on top of that, you've had a good day at the beach. Now, have you ever thought about maybe diving into the realm of paleontology just with all of the stuff that you've been able to research? I mean, you pulling out fossils, doing a bunch of research seems like you've got as much knowledge as a paleontologist who just studies it on an everyday basis. You definitely have a lot more um, what I would call field experience. Yeah, I mean, I didn't, you know, I'm one of those people I didn't concentrate at school. Um, and, and now later on in life, now I'm doing what I'm doing. I'm, I'm sort of regretting, you know, oh, if only I'd done this, I'd be better at this. And, um, but, you know, life is what it is. You make decisions along the way. Um, I'm doing it now and I'm learning every day is a school day. And it's nice at my age to be able to go and do this as a job. Um, you know, I never forget what I get to do on the coastline. I'm very lucky and I enjoy it. And I, I don't sell myself as a professional. I sell myself as a local guy. And all I want to do is show you around where I live. And, if, you know, I will do my utmost to make sure that you, you have a good experience on this coastline. It seems to be going well. Um, and I think, you know, as regards to my work model, I will just keep it as it is. Yeah, especially connecting people into nature as well, too. I think this, that's a giant kind of stress relief in a way. You know, most people, uh, when they do a hobby or something, it's like watching TV, playing video games or, you know, whatever. The list goes on and on, just being able to relax. But finding a form of relaxation in a completely different way that actually keeps you active as well. I mean, you're walking so, so long and looking for fossils and stuff, and you're literally doing a lot of work. It must be exhausting when you get home. Yeah, it's very, very mind consuming. Um, but, you know, my day, uh, I always say this to everyone, you know, my, my day on the coast is only as good as the people I get to spend it with. And when people come down, you know, generally on holidays, they, they, they've gone away from their work environment. They're starting to unwind because they're on holiday with their family. They normally turn up nice and happy, very eager. They want to have a good day on the coast. And, you know, and I, I can sort of, as a guide, I can feed from that a little bit and you know if they're happy and they're having a laugh we can have a laugh and it, it, it's really odd but it, it just naturally flows and most of the time it's just like being out on the coast with some friends and then obviously I get on so well with them they've had a good time they've enjoyed their day on the coast with me they want to stay in contact so you know I'm, I'm constantly building friends I know so many more people and and I, I've always worried when I started doing the fossil walks you know because I'm not a paleontologist I'm not a geologist you know, someone might call me one day and they might be a geologist or they might be a paleontologist. They want me to take them fossil hunting. I'm like, well, you know, way more than I do. 
Um, but I've actually had that happen, and I, I've recently taken two geologists out, and I had a fantastic day on the coast with them. And I was able to ask them questions about the area that I wasn't sure about. And, you know, they wanted to know about fossil. They, they didn't know how to find fossils, but I did. So I taught them how to find fossils and they helped me with a bit more with the geology. So it worked on both sides and we had a fantastic day. And as far as I'm aware now, they're, they're both extremely hooked on coming to find fossils. Yeah, see, that's the thing, though. There's a, that literally brings out the example of having street smarts and book smarts. You have way more experience than they will ever have just with the amount of field work that you do, and they just have a bunch of knowledge from textbooks that are in their head. So both of you guys are benefiting in this factor. You're both able to teach each other. They can teach you things that you might know, like you're saying about the area or something, and you could show them what you've learned just through the process of doing it. Yeah, and, and that's why I started the fossils because I – originally for my own fossil hunting i devised this nice simple method about the shape color and texture and i thought well this is actually a real good system and i, I can teach you know first time fossil hunters this nice simple system and then they, they have the benefit to go and uh, be able to find fossils on the, on the beach what do you think it is that it's so interesting about fossils that makes people want to go after these things i don't know i think it's just you know it, it's quite quite a trendy thing here on the coast currently um it's, it's just that that thrill of finding a treasure that's so old and you know when I do my fossil talks I get my fossil uh, box out with all the fossils at, at the table where I do my talks um, and the first thing I say you know right I'm going to show you some fossils um, I'm going to put them on the tray here but just go careful please handle them over the tray because if they fall down on the floor they will break and they're 195 million years old and all of a sudden their faces just light up it's like oh this this treasure you, you just can't you just can't understand how old you know 195 million years that's it's just so long and, and and people are like whoa i didn't even realize they were that old you know so straight away that wow factor starts and it, it just progresses as i get in more into the walk getting down onto the beach start showing them the fossils and, it, and this is why they're, they're, they're quite successful because it's such an amazing session and that probably makes your trip too, being able to see somebody's eyes light up, just whether it was just fun over the trip or finding a fossil too. The weirdest thing about fossils is, is something that's old like that, you never want to sell it once you finally collected it. Like once you've got a, your first fossil, it's something you would never sell, you know? And just like you were saying, where you're showing all these people the fossil and everything, I'll be careful, it's a hundred and whatever, 90 million years old. They look and they hear that and it's like, I, first thing I can relate to it is like when I built like one of those Star Wars Lego models and I had it set up when I was a kid and then someone would try like, oh, let me see it. I'm like, no, no, like protecting it like it was my baby or something. Like I can't have you touch the Death Star. Are you kidding me? Yeah. And, and that, that's like me when I'm putting my fossils on the tray because, you know, I fossil hunt there every day of the week. So I, I know that they can be quite hard to find. And I've got to have a good collection of fossils to be able to show people the kind of stuff they can find on the beach. So straight away, it's like, oh, just go careful. That's all I've got. You know, once I've lost that, I can't show other people, you know, and it's a bit like that. But people, you know, when they come on the walks, they totally respect that. They, you know, once they start to understand the picture of fossils and how they were formed and how we find them, totally understand it. And it's not a, not a problem. And then obviously it make, just makes it even more special when they find their own. Yeah, see, there's something weird about it, too, like when we're talking about with just fossils and the inspiration for it in general. When you're a person and you go into a store, like even as a small child or maybe an adult, and you see like the, you know, the fossils that they sell or something, they're just, they're, it's, it's, it's weird. There's no impact like actually seeing one in front of you, like a legit one, not one that was just manufactured somewhere. 
there's you can tell it's like in the air when you pick it up you just don't you don't have any care for it you know you're tossing it around throwing it under your leg or something and but when you see a legit fossil you stop and you can literally feel the history in your hands yeah yeah definitely and when i go through the talking you know sometimes people like 195 million years old are you sure really let me google that yeah i just can't believe that you know and and that's what they're like and and uh, and that does give it its own little wow factor so you know running the walks they generally run themselves i've just got to facilitate them and and get them going and then they they just start to progress And, and when i do um generally through the school holidays i run group walks so you know i have up to 15 people at a time on a walk and even the group walks you know the people that they're there they all want to do the same thing uh, they all become friends within that walk and it, it's just a great atmosphere and I, and I can as a guide you know as I'm getting more experience looking after people I'm able to feed off of that more and make make the walk far more interesting you know I can slip in the odd dinosaur joke here and there always goes down the storm and, and people just have a great experience and I you know and I can tell from the reviews I get um, afterwards that people are really enjoying themselves and I I get a lot of pleasure from that well yeah well when you tell people you're a fossil hunter they're gonna be like what the hell like indiana jones you hunt fossils or are we talking about jurassic park you know what i mean yeah yeah definitely it's like when i because i the the walk start with the talk at the for the first hour they have the training and then they all go back to their car and get their wellies and stuff on and then they come back to the car and of course i'm dressed up in all my gear so i've got my rucksack on and i've got my spade out the back and i've got my belt buckle on with my hammer and my pocket ready to go and collect some fossils got my gloves on and they're like whoa where's the whip damn it where's the whip (laughs) you know so they're like whoa look this guy's a pro he's all dressed up like well these are just my normal clothes that i go out fossil hunting in um, which is quite funny, but you know, it's all part of it and it's all good. Look, nobody's uh, hunting fossils in a tank top. I'm sorry. I don't, I don't no, know. Definitely I don't, not. I don't see that happening anytime soon. Wear board shorts and a tank top. Like what's up, bro. Let's go get some fossils. Yeah. I mean, as you could imagine with all the mud flows that come down on the beach, you know, you're going to get a little bit muddy down. It's okay in the summer when it's a bit dry, but through the winter months, there's a lot of material on the beach. So yeah, you don't want to go down in your Sunday best. How common do you get an injury on there? I feel like when you're dealing with the people moving around rocks, like I was always being yelled at by like somebody always saying like, you're going to kill yourself on those rocks. And I'm just like jumping back and forth in between them, like giant gaps. And they kept getting bigger and bigger until one time I jumped and the gap was a lot bigger than I thought. And I went face first down into a rock. And then I just fell in a little crevice. I just sat there looking for shit, mostly my teeth. Yeah, well, so there's a sort of a basic fossil hunting code of practice uh, on the Jurassic coast in most locations. Um, so as a rule of thumb, um, you know, the, the sea does all of the work for us. So we don't need to do anything stupid. Um, we don't go clambering over rock for areas. We don't go clambering through the mudslides. You know, if you're going to go over the mudslides, you're going to sink and you're going to get stuck. And that will be a rescue on the beach. Um, all the fossils are on the foreshore. The sea does all of the work. It goes up to that cliff or material, breaks it up, cleans the clay away and deposits the fossils on the foreshore. So you don't have to put yourself in any kind of risk. The middle of the foreshore is actually the safest place to be on the beach. So generally you would hunt on the falling tide. So as you walk down along the beach to go to the fossil hunting locations, you know that the sea is going away from the cliffs and making the beach nice and wide. So it's not pushing you into the base of the cliffs because, you know, you don't want to be walking along the base of the cliffs if there's rocks falling down. You, you don't want to be anywhere near the mudslides. Um, you just got to be sensible. You know, no fossil is worth putting your life at risk. Um, you know, it's supposed to be fun. Do it sensibly. Look on the foreshore. That's where you find them. And that's the safest place to be. So I have to ask you, though, 
when it comes to hunting fossils, when are you going to go to your kids? Like whenever it is career day at school, you just got to show up dude, and be like, yeah, I'm a fossil hunter. <laughs> uh, my my youngest daughter talks about me at school quite a lot it's like yeah my dad collects fossils and um some of her, some of her school friends have been down to Charmouth and they've seen me down there running walks and, and uh, my, my youngest comes home from school some days and she goes oh so and so said that they saw you down at Charmouth running your fossil walks they said you were a fossil hunter um yes yeah, it's, it's, it's quite nice to hear stuff like that but I'm just, Martin, Martin you know, was digging in my backyard for fossils the other day <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah you never turn down an opportunity if there's a chance of fossils but yeah yeah that's no, quite cool um but it's it's just something i do and something i enjoy that's how you get your kid popular man when my dad see my dad's a radio producer so he was always on like the guy going you're listening to like that whole thing and um it was it was so fascinating so many kids so we did career day at school and all these kids were bringing in their parents that were like firefighters and ambulance drivers police officers and everyone's like wow wow and then my dad just comes in with like his whole studio dj setup and everything and sets it out and has his buddy that he works with helping him out too because they had to load all this equipment in there and the one uh my uh basically my uncle his name's tyler horton and um, he just gets on the mic and starts doing Yoda impressions and all these things. And we're like five or six. So, like, that's that means more to a pol- than a police officer. That means way more to us. We're like, holy, like, everyone's laughing, screaming. Dude, I was cool in school for, like, two weeks. Right, yeah. Yeah, I mean, you, you forget your children really, really look up to you with stuff like that. So, um, yeah, it's interesting when I take my girls down uh, – charm of fossil hunting you know sometimes you go down there as a family and do a bit of fossil hunting and they're like dad really do we have to and i'm like yes i want to go down and find some fossils and you're coming and, then, and we get down there and then they're on the beach and like dad look i found this oh dad i found this and oh dad i found it. i go how did you find that and i go well it's that that swell shape that you said about you know so they're even in general conversation when i'm talking to other people they're listening about stuff i'm talking about and they pick it up and they're like yeah i want to be a little fossil hunter just like my dad yeah see that's got to be so like i mean warm your heart really like trying to incorporate this to your kids as well showing them that there's this passion and there's this drive to go out there and pursue something i mean you don't would you consider that some of your most kind of memorable experiences as well as kind of looking for fossils with your kids and seeing them have like this curiosity about it like you did yeah definitely i mean I, you know I, I was very lucky i had a very good childhood on the coast here with my parents um, we spent most of our weekends down on the coast, fossil hunting, flying kites, rock pooling, anything like that, having picnics. And I'm now, you know, as a father, I'm, I'm, I feel myself trying to install that into my children because I know how much it means to me. And I think back to that time I had with my parents. There's, there's a big drive in the UK at the moment. Everyone's trying to get outside and, and be active and fit. And, you know, I was very fortunate as a child. I had that throughout my whole childhood. Um, I've done all of that, um, but I now want to make sure that my children get to do that and living on the coast obviously it's very easy 20 minutes down the road we're on the coast and we're enjoying the beach and you know all all our local friends um they all like to do the same thing so we get to go to the beach a lot with them as well and so really most free time if we get any is spent on the beach doing something just with being around the same scenery even as a child and to as an adult now do you have any kind of passion for driving somewhere else like going somewhere new and trying to explore and find fossils down there um i yeah i think that sort of thing's gonna have to wait till the children grow up a bit i mean the children are very time consuming 
Um, and, and I, you know, the Jurassic Coast is 100 miles long. It is a massive playground. There is so much to do here. I mean, I, you know, one of my other big hobbies is walking, which is another reason why I became a guide. And so, you know, if I want to go out and do a 20, 25 mile walk along the coast tomorrow, I can just get in the car and go and do that. You got to have a walking stick. You got to have a walking stick. Come on now. Don't lie to me. I, I don't have a walking stick, but I do use walking poles. So I have two poles that I walk with. All right. Um, I'll, I'll give you that one. That counts. <laughs> <laughs> they're, they're very good to walk with because they put in a good posture and they help you uh build up a good rhythm so i do use those look um, ever, it, ever since i was six years old i've immediately picked up the first giant stick i've ever found on a walk or something and then just start using it as like a cane people are like what are you doing i'm like this is my walking stick yeah my, my daughter's whenever we go out uh, to the coast uh, my younger she normally comes back with a, a stick of some description and she does exactly the same you just like you say you just automatically do it but yeah you know there's so much to do here um the, the coastline's really really challenging there's fossils to be found and um, with tourism growing the way it is on the coastline as well there's a lot of activities you know kayaking climbing all sorts of stuff all the water sports you know jet skis water skiing yeah it, it's just an amazing place to be and i sometimes think you know what i've got this on my doorstep i don't really need to worry too much to go anywhere else when this is at hand i would say like it's just coming from a guide's perspective as well probably one of the most memorable things you can do as a guide is make sure that someone has a good time as well yeah yeah definitely and i, I love to do that I used to be a jet ski guide um, in my uh, town. We're, we're a beach vibe town. So it's like nothing but water sport activities and all these types of things. But, you know, I was keeping track of like 15 people on jet skis and that's no easy task. We're especially like when it like rains hard, when it's like we, I went out in a Northeastern dude, like a middle of a hurricane or something. I was out there, you know, and it's dangerous too. You got to worry about the waves and plus you got to keep track of all these people and they just want to ride. They just paid a bunch of money to go onto a jet ski. So they think it's theirs. I mean, I've, I've had to chase people around the Bay. I've had to flip jet skis back over. I've had to save people's lives. It's, it's it's a difficult task to be a mentor or a guide in general, but it's so much more fulfilling when it's over with and they're back there and they're telling you how much fun they had. The whole trip was worth it. I'll never forget this one experience I had where this one guy, I mean, uh, he's probably in his 30s, but had that I don't give a shit attitude. Like, the you know, the one like, oh, once I get on this jet ski, I'm off. You're not going to catch me, that type of thing. And he just the whole time during my speech i have to give him a little like brief lesson it's not as probably long as yours mine's more like five minutes so i can get them out on the water i'm telling them you know safety all the rules regulations we got to go by and yeah. talking the whole time just shouting i knew this guy was going to be a problem so i put him in the back next thing you know he's going crazy going all over the place not following in a line getting dangerously close to boats people are yelling and screaming and he was the whole trip was just boring on me it was like really like this sucks like you're making my experience terrible like i'm having a terrible time just watching you and then eventually like we're rounding up and everything and we're all like you know just it's probably the last 10 minutes i taught him how to do like a quick trick or something like a like a, like a 180 that kind of splashes up water around and everyone loves it um yeah. But then we get back to the dock and he was like, yeah, man, I know it was kind of be a, a punk out there, but I really appreciate you not screaming at me, not yelling at me and really taking your time with me. He tipped me like 50 bucks. I was like, whoa, like, thank you, man. I'm going right across the street to Chipotle and getting myself a burrito. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I have that, you know, people come out on my walks and then um, a couple of days later, I, you know, get a review on TripAdvisor or somewhere like that. And 
they've written such a nice review and I, I sort of sit there and I think did I make you feel like that goodness me that was amazing you know and then I think back to the time I had on the beach with them and what a lovely time it was um yeah it, it's a it's a great feeling and you you really you know, it's it's that's the kind of satisfaction you get from doing that job, definitely. Um, and like I say, most people are generally happy when they come to the coast because they're on holiday. So I, you know, I get to experience that a lot. When extracting a fossil, though, like how dangerous is that? It seems like it would be very easily like breakable, or just you can disrupt the whole thing in general. Well, we we generally get most of our fossils get washed out of the soft clay. So up in the cliffs, we have hard uh, limestone bands and in between those bands we've got soft shell we get fossils from both um so we get these sort of nicely uh, solid formed fossils out of the soft shell so that material falls down onto the beach uh, that gets really really soft when it gets wet so the sea breaks that and washes that away and deposits those nice fossils on the foreshore those are the ones that we generally look for in fossil walks and then obviously we also get the fossils out of the limestones um now again we're not allowed to touch any of that till it's down on the beach because it's classed as ex situ when it's on the beach um because you're not allowed to hammer into the cliffs they're all protected and you're not allowed to hammer into any rock layers that become exposed uh, at low tide times so but anything that's loose on the beach you're allowed to pick up and take home sometimes they will be you know you'll be looking into uh, limestone rocks for particular signs of fossils so like the edges of uh, ammonite shells and stuff like that uh, and as you get uh, better with your fossil collecting you start to understand that certain limestones can produce certain fossils so you'd just be picking up a particular rock because of the color of the rock and then you're going to take it home and then you're going to prep it and those fossils have to be prepped out with special air chisels um, so like a, a little fine uh, air scribe pen and they have a real fine nib on them that it works as a little chisel and moves up and down thousands of times per minute um, and that slowly chips bits of the rock away until you start to expose the fossil um, they, those you know those fossils become more expensive to find and um, prep because of the time you know you you could spend five hours on the beach just trying to find one or two of those particular kind of rocks. Then you've got to take them home and spend 10 to 15 hours actually prepping the fossil out of the rock. Um, it's a lot of work. With the fossil walks, we just tend to go onto the beach and find the loose stuff that's already there. We can just pick up and put in our pocket. Do you think that just with this kind of task in general, do you think it's going to become more popular? It seems like with just kind of keep the natural things natural, it makes it a little bit difficult probably to do your job of fossil hunting when you got probably, do you ever come across any environmental people that are think that it should stay there, it should remain there? Um, you do sometimes, you know, people think, you know, what, you get some comments and you post pictures on social media, like, you know, why are they breaking the rocks up? Um, but at the end of the day, the sea is going to break those rocks up um people are physically allowed to fossil hunt on the jurassic coast because so much material is coming out of the cliffs at that location um no one could put a police force together big enough to collect all the specimens so without you know the likes of you and i going down onto the beach and collecting fossils those specimens would get washed out to sea and destroyed and you know scientists may never know of certain species and stuff that are coming out of the cliffs so this is why we have a fossil hunting code of practice as long as you're sensible and responsible on the beach you know don't hammer into the cliffs they're protected don't hammer into the rock falls stay away from the cliff or areas um you're, you're physically allowed to collect fossils off the foreshore because you may find something that no one's ever found um and if you went on the beach that day the sea would have washed it out destroyed it and no one would know a thing about it mm. I feel like, especially with just how people are becoming a little bit more environmentally friendly, it'd be a little bit difficult to do your task in general, just because of the fact of it's, 
everybody wants everything to be left there and remain the same. Nobody ever wants anything changed. But when it comes to getting valuable information as well, too, you never know when you might stumble across something that might be important find or something that nobody's ever seen before. Exactly. And this is why you're allowed to collect fossils, because they, they need you on the beach to do that. Um, and this, you know, it is monitored. And we've got the fossil hunting code of practice. So, you know, and again, running the fossil walks, we can tell people about that to make sure they're not doing anything on the beach that they shouldn't be doing. Um, can't stop the erosion of the Jurassic Coast. That's going to happen. All we can do is manage it. So, you know, without that erosion in the first place, the Jurassic Coast wouldn't look as nice as it does. And that's what attracts the people in the first place. So, um, as a package, the Jurassic Coast works quite well because there's so much to do there, so much to find there. It's an ever-changing coastline. It's part of, of that particular system. We can't do anything about it. We've just got to manage it and enjoy it. Now, what's the best way to probably start kind of helping out with the erosion on just protecting the Jurassic Coastline in general? Um, you know, just be sensible on the beach. Don't start digging away at things or removing things that are in situ. Um, you know, maybe if you're walking the coastal path and you're doing it in a big group, just be sensible and stay to the, you know, the the, the uh, prepared paths because once you go off of a main path, you're going to start damaging the surroundings. Um, you know, just just respect the area. It's a world heritage site um, because it's such a beautiful place and because of the importance of the fossils and stuff that come there and the geology that's exposed. Um, you know, just got to be sensible and respect it. Unfortunately, we do get the odd person that comes down and, and doesn't look after it quite as well as it should be. Throwing a um, bag of onions into the ocean. Uh, we get, you know, sometimes you go down on the beach and someone's had a party there and left a load of rubbish behind, which is a little bit frustrating. Um, but, you know, I know a lot of people along this coastline, there's a good network of people. We're here, we're looking after it. You know, I know I'm just a guide on the coast, but I play my part by advising people and giving them that information. And as long as we continue to do that, hopefully it'll be there to be enjoyed for everybody uh, forever. Yeah, I know that my beach down here, we had a giant thing that people like to smoke on the beach and do all these types of things. Um, they ended up putting up signs saying no smoking on the beach permitted because the fact is, what do you do when you get done smoking a cigarette? You've got your butt on the floor. Exactly. So our beach was just covered. We had kids that were building sandcastles where they would get a cigarette in there. Mommy, what's this? It's like, oh, shit, my kid just picked up somebody's cigarette. You know what I mean? Like yeah. it became a big problem where our town town in general just started posting up signs saying, please leave only your footprints, trying to show people like, hey, you know, take it to the trash. The trash cans are not even like 15 feet away, but people just don't even want to go that far. Yeah, no, I mean, we do have trouble like that on some of the most popular beaches. Um, but generally, the dress, you know, I, I spend a lot of time on the coast. I walk the coastal paths, I go on the beaches, and it's, it's a pretty clean area to be enjoying yourself. Um, and I think that's, that's really down to a network of people that live on this coastline and they respect it and they look after it. And, you know, you're, you're, you're quite regularly, I can be down on the beach at Charmouth, running a fossil walk, and you see someone walking past picking up litter. Um, and they have regular beach cleans as well, the local heritage centre down at Charmouth. Um, and, it, and this is why it's such a nice place to work because people respect it and they look after it. Um, you know, we can't stop um, those odd few that don't want to respect stuff, but all we can do is manage them and tidy up after them. And I think that will continue to happen. Imagine you're looking for a fossil, something from like the Jurassic period or something, and somebody picks up something. I found a beer bottle. It's from the it's from the fraternity period, and it's one of those var varsity sources. Yeah, that, that that happens now and again. Um, but again, like I said, the beaches are relatively clean because they're so, you know, so uh, 
run um we get a lot of the beach clean sessions going on there and that's very regular um so they're generally quite good beaches what's one hope that you have just for fossil hunting in general um so i'm sort of at the stage now um obviously i run my fossil walks i collect as a hobby and i want to be breaking into the preparation side of things so currently i'm getting my own equipment together to um, prep fossils from rocks um, from the limestone rocks which i uh, mentioned earlier um so with your, your fossil hunting you start with the basics so you'd go on a fossil walk i'd show you the ropes get you started on the beach you start to find fossils and then over a few years you know you start to get better at it you start to find better fossils bigger fossils and then you want to and then you start looking into rocks and finding them in rocks and so on and so on and you just keep on building so i'm on my way hopefully to being a professional fossil hunter one day what they would class as a professional um uh, just keep plugging away and, and hope for the best what are, so a professional fossil hunter you need to have what years upon years and upon years of experience well, we, we have a group of what you would class as a pro fossil hunter that uh, works the coastline here on the Jurassic Coast. So they're a pro is classed as someone who solely collects fossils to sell them on the open market. And they're allowed to do that, and be, again, because these specimens want to be collected. And the pro fossil collectors know so much about this coastline. Uh, they're the guys who are finding, you know, real rare species of stuff. Um, they've been doing it 40 to 45 years. They've got their own preparation equipment. Um, so they will basically hunt the beaches for the particular rocks that they're after, take the rocks home, prep the fossils out and then sell them um, to make their living. Along the way, they're building their own collection. So any good stuff they keep for themselves and any other stuff they sell on. Um, and then if they do sell any of their collection, they make it available for local museums and stuff so the museums can get the good stuff. So more people can find the interesting thing about fossils as well and be able to, first of all, have that spark of curiosity that we all did at one point when we were kids going to a, a museum where most people might have been looking at the fossils and trying not to touch anything. I was the one ripping a rib out of one of the T-Rexes or something. Yeah. Yeah. Well, um, yeah. You know, they, they supply, there's a chain of um, museums along the Jurassic Coast and most of the pros keep them stocked up with all the best stuff. Um, and, and there's actually, uh, along with the fossil hunting code of practice, certain parts of the Jurassic Coast are owned by different landowners. And part of that uh, code of practice is that if you know if you were to find, say I went down on the beach tomorrow and I found a whole ichthyosaur, which is a big marine reptile from the Jurassic period. Um, if I find it and I prep out the rock, I can keep it. Um, but then if I uh, go to sell it and I'm going to make some money from it, the general rule of thumb is that you split half of that money with the landowner and you firstly make that fossil available for the museums to buy because as a pro you're going to be finding better stuff you're going to be finding more important species on the beach um, if you're a, a pro prepper as well you're going to uh, be prepping to a very very high standard so it would be the kind of quality that museums want in their collection um, and again that's an ongoing thing that the pros know that's how they're allowed to work on the beach and that's what they do um, so the whole system works really really well whether you're a beginner an intermediate fossil collector or a pro we all do something that helps the coastline. I'm guessing probably one of your dreams is to find something nobody's ever found before. Definitely. Um, fingers crossed that will happen one day. <laughs> um, what would you name it? I don't know. This is the other thing with the uh, the system on the Jurassic Coast as well, because you know you could come here tomorrow, you could go down to Charmouth, 
go on the beach and you could find a fossil that no one's ever found before. Um, we have to register if we find the remains of insect material or plant material in any rocks that we break open, we have to register them at the Heritage Centre at Charmouth. Um, that then makes it available if there's any scientists in the UK that may want to study, you know, insects or, or plant material in any way. Um, there's a database stored of the stuff that's being found down on the Jurassic Coast. Um, they, they, you, it's yours because you found it, um, but they may ask for permission to take it off you for a number of weeks. So the scientists can take it away, study uh, the insect that you found, see if there's any more information they can get to add the information they've already got. Now, if you were to find a completely new species, generally it gets named after you. So this is why it's very important, whether you're uh, you know, a beginner, intermediate or a pro, to go fossil hunt, because you, you stand as much luck on that beach as anyone else to find something really uh, unusual. I'm gonna find me a Martin, a Martin Ladite. <laughs> yeah, hopefully I'm working to that one day. That'd be a dream, definitely. I mean, it'd be nothing better than going into a local museum and finding a local fossil that I found and has been named after me. I mean, that'd just be fantastic. But you know, just got to keep at it, and hopefully one day that might happen. Dude, your initials are perfect for it. Your initials are MC. You literally could be like, "This is the MC fossil." That's the source. It's it's the main fossil. <laughs> yeah, no, it's great. Well, thank you so much, Martin, for doing the podcast, man. I want to give you here a minute at the end to kind of promote your page too, so people can find your awesome hunts of fossils. Okay, cool. Um, so I'm Martin Curtis. My uh, guiding company on the Jurassic Coast is Jurassic Coast Guides. Um, you can find me online www.jurassiccoastguides.co.uk. There's links on my website to all my social media. I'm on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. Um, yeah, please come along, follow me. If you want to go on a tour or a fossil walk, send me an email. We'll have a discussion. I, I plan all my stuff bespoke, so it depends where you are and what you do and what you fancy doing. Um, and I'll take it from there, and I'll, I'll look after you and give you as good a down the coast as I can. And let's go hunt some fossils, am I right? Fantastic. Yes, definitely. I always try and clear the fossil hunt. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of Out of the Blank Podcast and stay tuned for our next episode.